What's up, everyone? This is the Demo Team Podcast. It is three days since the new Dance Gavin Dance album just came out. Uh, my name is Cash Spicer, recording here in Dallas, Texas. And um, yeah, just living in the aftermath of Afterburner. So, David, how did you like Afterburner? I absolutely love this album, guys. Like, this, this album is super refreshing from everything else like you know like i said uh some people might have thought oh you know mothership that was such a that was a magnum opus it's probably gonna be you know mothership part two are they gonna top it no they came back they took their sound and it's kind of they took a bunch of experimental elements they pushed uh, the envelope on some sections and they just came back with something new man that's yeah. great Shoot. uh what are what are your top three songs Top three, ooh, I gotta say it's Parody, Catharsis, uh, Nothing Shameful, and Say Hi. It's gotta be Say Hi. All right. What what about y'all? So, Moses, I heard you hated the album. (laughs) Um, no, actually. (laughs) 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 Actually, um, it might be my favorite uh, Tillian album. It's badass. I love it. Um, the band is, I mean, the, yeah, the album's like all over the place, but in a good way. Absolutely. Um, like, like I, like I said before, they were going to dip into, you know, so many different genres and, and try new things. And, uh, you can really tell just from listening to this, uh, record, uh, I think that everyone in the band is on point and really has shining moments, like all over the album. Could not agree more. But I, I think, I don't know, the biggest star in the album, and you might agree or disagree with me, is Tillian. Like, his vocal performance on the album is yeah, so amazing. He plays around with so many different mm-hmm. vocal styles and just kind of flexes on I, everyone. I think I agree with album. you. So he didn't mean to. Tillian <laughs> Innovation no. are the winners of this one. Yeah, uh, so my top three songs would be Nothing Shameful, Parody Catharsis, and I don't know, the, the third one, it, like, there's so many runner-ups, and I can't believe that I picked this song, but the more I listen to it, the more I love it, Into the Sunset. Oh, really? dude, great yeah, song. Yeah, and, and before, <laughs> before I made that decision, I was going to go with um, One in a Million, Parallel, One Million's great, too. Or, or even um, Three Wishes, but... Like I said, the more I listened to Into the Sunset, I just kind of, I kind of fell in love with it and, and the sound, so. I can get that. It has a growing effect. All yeah, right, Ryan. You, Ryan? So on a, on a binary scale, how would you rate this album a one or a zero? Um, on a scale of one to zero. Um, zero to one, say, not one to zero. Zero to one. If it's either a zero or a one, I would have to say it's a definite, hard, like, very powerful one. Like, a kind of one that would make Anthony Santano blush. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I would rate a four on the one, zero to one scale. Well, that just shows that you don't know how to count. But um, in my opinion, though, on Afterburner, I would say this is probably, like, easily their most experimental, most freshest, most fun album that they have that shows not only, like, a progression as an artist, but the fact that they, it's very obvious they went into the studio and had a lot of fun with this record. Definitely. It's the kind of fun that you would get on songs like Don't Tell Dave or 
like rock solid where that it just feels like you're with the band on a journey and it's like it's an experience because afterburner i would definitely say is the most unique album in their entire discography there ain't one album i can compare it to and i gotta say i really enjoyed it my top three would have to be say hi parallels and that third one man it's hard to pick but um shit if you be if you put a gun to my head right now and i had to pick born to fail i gotta go born to fail interesting all right i actually had a take based off what you said and it was like um artificial selection i think they made that album for themselves like they wanted to make an album that they would really love like oh with the music genres that they like but then i think they made afterburner for the fans that's my take on it I would say the other way around. I felt really? like artificial selection was more to please the listeners, not so much mm-hmm. like the their whole fan demographic. Because yeah, no. uh, I felt like a lot of people weren't too happy with it. But uh, with this one, I think it was more all about them and having fun and trying. I mean, I think uh, it, they were having new, fun, like different but... things for sure. I think. So this, I, I, think... I definitely, I definitely think it, this album was for them i mean sure. i think the reason why they had all the tributes and they they try to go more into like what's the modern i don't i don't necessarily want to say swan core but like what that kind of grouping of music is i think they the reason why they kind of went more into like experimental in that area is because they wanted to they wanted to like appeal to their fans or not necessarily appeal but they wanted to you know give the fans like something that they would really like i think i mean when you when you think about like the reaction that it's been getting it's actually quite polarizing like oh really people yes, for sure. yeah there's, there's people that i don't see any negative people... reactions yet really yeah yeah i more vocal bro but but i feel like the negative people just haven't given it enough uh enough listens i think yeah it'll grow on them and they were probably just shocked with like like how crazy and how experimental the band got that's true they're probably, um, like, more Dance Kevin Dance purist, I would say. And they... You have, have those post-hardcore purists that are going to, like, <laughs> reject anything that sounds different than what they yeah. want. What's it, everyone had a different... Uh, what Afterburner was inside their head, but I feel like the minority is always a little more vocal than the majority. And yeah. I would say, like... Based on like numbers alone, like YouTube numbers and the fact that the chart, like they, they climbed up the Apple charts and shit, I wouldn't yeah. say that that minority yeah. that's being very vocal about their distaste. I don't think they speak for the vast majority that probably like it and are buying it and listening to it. It beat out a oh, Fiona no. Apple's uh, comeback. Yeah, yeah and that, really? and that's for sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it was more of a album where they kind of let loose and and did what they wanted to do. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, I think they, they did do with... I mean, I think that... I guess my point was I thought Artificial Selection was... The reason why they went towards, like, maybe pop-punk stuff and things like that and more poppy things was because they that was just stuff that they kind of wanted to do, is yeah. more what I was saying, yeah, versus, was- like, this one. I think they were trying to... They were trying to give the fans a thank you for 15 years and 10 great albums for supporting I mean, them for so long. Uh, weren't they quoted as saying, like, the, stru- the, like, the songwriting, like... The way they went at it is they tried to write every song like a single. Oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know that, but that's, that's great. I, that's I, I believe I point. heard that in a video once. Don't quote me. Pretty sure. Maybe it was that Rock Sound interview. Possibly. I don't have a uh, top three, by the way, either. 
How dare you? I, I'm still oh. narrowing it down. He's like, tracks, okay. the Burnish. first track to the last track, that's my my top three. <laughs> Prisoner is not going to be in my top three. Yeah, no. <laughs> Agreed. Um, Prisoner is a great song. Uh, I love it, but I, I think because, like, I think maybe if it wasn't the first single or a single at all, like, it, maybe it would have caught me by, like, surprise, and, and it would have been, like, in my top three, but who knows? Um, all right. But... I don't know. I guess we're ready to like dive into it. How do you guys? Uh, I guess about there's being something I kind of wanted to talk about before we like got into it. I guess which yep. I I think people aren't really like talking about this as much as they should. But like this band's been around for 15 years. They released 10 albums. And that's just it's super unique. And I don't think people are giving the band enough credit for lasting this long and releasing like consistently releasing good music and so i kind of did some research on this and um i tried to find bands who um either lasted more than 15 years and and still made good music or had 10 albums and still they were still good after 10 albums and like the big three in that area would be the rolling stones who um who after 10 albums they release let it lead or beggar's bank considering what you consider an album or not because it was kind of weird back in the 60s and that was that was their 10th album and that those were still great david bowie station to station was his 10th album which was a really awesome that y'all should check out is basically him coked out the whole time in berlin and then uh the beatles 10th album was yellow submarine and after that, there's really not a lot of bands who had, like, a 10th album that was really that notable, the way Dance Kevin Dance had. After that, I looked for bands who were still releasing good music after 15 years. And I guess the big three out of those would be Radiohead, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Rolling Stone, and the Rolling Stones. So Dance Kevin Dance is in some really great company right now. The fact that they released a 10th album that could easily be argued to be one of their to be like one of their very best albums um and lasted 15 years even with lineup changes and i think we should it's something i think needs to be appreciated more so i will say uh, yeah that's a testament for their stamina their staying power their yeah. love music and the creativity because you know, some bands, creativity and like if you talk to any dance Kevin dance fan like they'll all have a different favorite album that just shows like how and it, how great this band is, the way that they've been able to just consistently put out great albums over and over and over again. So, and like I said, to not fall back on the, oh, this is the part two of that last album y'all really loved, you know, here, give me exactly. more looked. No, it's new, more refreshing stuff, especially with this release. Are always trying to, they're always pushing the envelope. Definitely. Into the they sunset. don't want to stay stagnant. They refuse to. Exactly. Um... Yeah, and I mean, most bands, I mean, the like, if you took every band that ever existed, like, they probably, most of them probably didn't even last five years. So, <laughs> yeah, this is, it truly is a testament to them. So, Especially for I a band that's uh, had, like, every reason that, like, they've come across, exactly. like, multitude of reasons, like, for, like, tons of bands that people love to this day have broken up over reasons Dance Kevin Dance has gone through. Like exactly. Trope they've gone through every cliche that a band that bands have gone through that have broken up, but somehow <laughs> the they survived. 
Dance Kevin Dance continues to carry on. And that's that's admirable as fuck. Mm-hmm. And and not yeah. only are they are they like continuing, but I feel like they've really hit their stride where they're gonna keep putting out some like pretty amazing groundbreaking content. I mean, when people say they've hit their stride, I feel like they've hit their stride multiple times. Though is the thing. Like this isn't just like. This isn't like they've peaked after 15 years. It's not like Judas Priest in the 80s after being around for like 15 years. It's like uh, this band has hit multiple strides on multiple occasions. They've adapted. They've yes. learned. And they've gotten better musically for sure. That's an interesting topic. Like, you know, whether they've peaked, how many times they've peaked. But... But instead of, you know, instead They're of waking peaks, them baby. off, instead of waking them off, let's discuss how we're a prisoner to this band at this point. <laughs> right, let, let's move. Let's move on to the to the track, All right. man. Yeah, uh, let's like, get it. All right. So David, we, that was a great transition. About, uh, prisoner, we talked about prisoner before. Let's, All right, so let's talk about um, prisoner. I'm actually curious to see how you guys feel about it being the opener for the album. Uh, now that there's, you know, that you've guys listened to it in full and there's more context, how do you feel about it as an opener, David? Uh, actually, yeah, I'd say it's a pretty decent opener. Uh, a good, nice, bouncy finish to really pull you in and pull that ear in. They, you know, a nice, punchy chorus. You know, they have several, you know, they have the funky elements, the heavy elements. It's a, you know, it's a nice little gem to kind of give you a taste of their sound. Uh, yeah, so a great opener. What do y'all think? Ryan? Um, I feel like it's a great way to let you know, like, once you, like, del- dive into this album, that it's going to be a different ride. Because usually they'll hit you with some, like, slap-happy, like, Jesus H. Macy, Tree Village-type shit to, like, get to let you know this is a Dance Gavin Dance record. But I feel like this time around, they were letting you know that, hey, it's going to be a kind of a different trip, man. Well, how about you just, like, settle <laughs> down with us, relax, kick back, and enjoy the ride. Mm. That's what Afterburner's all about. But that's how I feel. I feel like it's a great opener because it does do that. It lets you know that Afterburner, this ain't your daddy's dance, Gavin Dance. We know we know it's not Cash's favorite song, but has your uh, opinion changed? I've come around to it more, but what was that? That's a loud-ass car. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anyways, yeah, I've come around to it more than I was before I was colder on it but I guess the other big thing I guess after listening to the whole album I think we all had like a lot of theories about what the big the larger meaning of this album was and I'm not quite sure there is one right now I mean we'll have to see what people I, come I up with. with that yeah like everyone wanted to pin prisoner to the album cover I mean I guess it was the first single and um yeah I I, I haven't seen any larger meaning quite yet but I guess it's up if y'all say anything. Cash, yeah. can't, you, can't you see that they're normal? Can't you see that <laughs> we'll, normal? we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, man. I think it was such a interesting pick for an opener. Like I, I It really was interesting for it. sure. Like, I, I love the song. It, it's almost, it comes off as more of like a standalone track to me. Like, it, like there's no uh, cohesion between prisoner and any of the other tracks on on the album also i'd also say that um like a lot of people don't like necessarily like it as an opener but i do think it's a pretty fitting opener for the album so yeah i think think, it works pretty well it's it's a great opener in the sense of like 
you know, it, it sets the tone to like this album's not gonna be like a like every song is gonna follow, you know, like like the other song in sense of like format and style. Like like I said, it's a standalone song. There's a couple of other songs on the album that feel like that and I don't know, I guess that's why I think um why I don't under like while I don't understand why it was an opener, I kind of get get it as an opener in that sense. Yeah. It, it's it really sets the tone of, of the album. Um <laughs> You're right, Ryan? Did you fall out of the car? Your bike? Yeah. He fell and he can't get up. <laughs> I would drop my phone when it's out of its case. <laughs> uh, All right. Are you got anything, anything else on? Uh, are you got something else, David? No, I was like, uh, if y'all have anything else to say, uh, if not, shoot, I think we could uh, say Go hi. Lyric sly. Lyric sly. Say hi to <laughs> David with the transitions. All right. Hey. Um, who wants to start with Lyric Sly? Um, well, since we've talked about it before, like, I don't really have uh, much to say, but I do feel like it, like, there are a couple songs on the album that kind of glue the, like, glue the tracks together, like, to kind of yeah. do make the album feel somewhat cohesive, and Lyrics Lies is one of them to me. And that, like, that's all I have to say about that. How about you, Cash? Um. I kind of I think it's heavier in the context of the album, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but that's how I feel. I feel like that that chorus on it's infectiously catchy, though. Oh, yeah. goodness, this chorus this chorus is actually one of my favorite choruses from oh, the yeah. album and some of the new, newer Italian stuff. Period. I gotta say, yeah. uh, it's really punching in your face. You even have chugging elements and really kinetic stuff. Uh, it was just really, really nice to meet this song, you know? It is a great <laughs> chorus, for sure. It was? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great song. <laughs> song. It's a cool chorus. Um, and I guess, do y'all have anything else to say? I got one more thing, but I think it's best for the end. I'm, gl- I'm glad what it taught me, you know? I'm just going to say I don't trust the lyrics, so. You don't yeah. trust the lyrics? <laughs> Maybe it's a hint to certain lyrics on this album. Um, I, well, I, I was, go ahead, David. I'll just say that Lyrics Lie is definitely, it's probably my favorite of the the singles we got to get a taste of this album. Really good, you know, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's just a, it's a great single. And yeah, I it is like, a good single. And honestly, all I can just say, I can't, I can't wait to see it in concert. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I guess what I want to say is kind of a transition is that I think it's interesting that they had, that they had this song Lyrics Lie, which is about, which has a lot talks about traveling and like being cultured or whatever and then it transition and then it goes into calientimiento global which is you Good know their that, reggaeton did I, I think i did all right which do y'all <laughs> know what a uh, calientimiento global means calientimiento global? global warming global warming yeah it's fucking hot, so I I think they're onto something, dude. I'm fucking roasting but, uh, in California. I don't I don't think that's I don't think it's that's oh, quite toast, the meaning yeah. though that they're that they are uh, going for. I think it's supposed to be like the world's getting hot because it's so sexy or some is more of what they're going toward. <laughs> that girl's ass is making the world hotter, bro. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say, bruh. Yeah, literally, that's a lyric. 
So Move strengthens global warming. That's actually one of my favorite lines from that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, that's Callum. I can't say that title. Calamiento uh, global. Calamiento. It's uh, bad. I took Spanish in high school, but I can't say it. <laughs> but um, I'm anyway, a quarter, no. I'm a quarter this, Mexican, so I can say Calamiento. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, no. The as people are sp- uh, dubbing it the Spanish song. Uh, no, I think I feel like this is a gem that really throws you into the idea that this is they're experimenting. They're throwing you into new elements. Uh, I think Tillian was the highlight here with his, you know, Spanish singing. It was really interesting, and I found it interesting how uh, John was, uh, you know, you know, Tillian was kind of like the main thing here. But then when you get John, like they just go super, like, I don't know. I just like that little mix up there. But she, what, do, what were we all thinking about this track? So um, this is probably the song I was mo- like most excited for um, in mm. that Rock Sound interview uh, back in March. Uh, you know, Will hinted at, at them having a uh, reggaeton song. Now, yeah. I feel like it, it's more of a salsa vibe than uh, than reggaeton. I think it's still a great track. Um, I would even go to say that it's like the smooth of our generation. You know, that, that song by Carlos Santana <laughs> and Ross <Ralph> Thomas? <laughs> oh, um, you know how I was uh, mentioning bands earlier who lasted more than 15 years? I was yeah. about to say Santana, but that would have been the Smooth album, whatever that one is. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I, yeah, like it was interesting. I don't know what like what uh, inspired them to do it. I know that like reggaeton made a huge comeback, and yeah, like I, I'm really into that genre, so it was kind of cool. Um, Moses. for for uh, them, what's up? Sorry, if anything was, I would say, like, you know, uh, on Lyric Slide, they're talking about traveling and all that. You know, Tillian wasn't trying to flex, but they flex it on, uh, you know, this song. They've been traveling. They're like, you know, they went to Japan and all these different places. And they're like, you know what, let's, let's write a song in a different language, you know? Yeah, so, they, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's also a great way to, like, change things up. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, going into, into like, actual uh, Tillian's vocals and stuff, I would say that, like, his pronunciation of, like, the Spanish words were about, like, 90% correct. Oh. It was, like, it was cool. Um. It was cool to see him, like, like actually, like, make an effort of, like, speaking Spanish. And, like, I, I don't know if you're trying to cut me off, Cash, but I do speak Spanish. So I mean, I speak Spanish, boca. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was kind of going to say something along the lines of what you were saying. But, I mean, are but, you done? Or? But, no, you no, keep no. going. So, so even though his pronunciation was good, I do feel like like he might have wrote the lyrics in English and then just <laughs> used Google Google Translate <laughs> yeah. to translate them to Spanish. Um, because I feel like a, a like a Spanish like speaker and songwriter, like they would have like it would like if they were to write the song it would come out totally different. Like when you when you take in like the way that that Spanish people speak and, and also like the slang that they use. Um, I besides that like whole vibe, um, I think like John's parts of the song, like make the song like really fun. Cause you got like almost like two different, like, like polar opposite of like music genres, like yeah. flashing into one. And I wouldn't mind if they, if they did something like this in the future. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Um, based off what you said, Moses, like, I, I kind of agree. Like, usually, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Spanish, but, like, I can pretty much, I can figure out the meanings of the songs when I hear them. And this one was pretty hard to figure out what he was saying sometimes. And he kind of needs to work on his accent. I mean, like... I've heard that about Well, I mean, uh, like, non-Spanish speaker, like, isn't going to... I, I agree. ...speak Spanish with an accent. Oh, I so know that, as, as somebody who like, speaks English, like, it, it's a valid attempt. And, you know, yeah, like, there's it's been a lot attempt. of English-speaking uh, singers that... They have tried to, like, sing in Spanish, and they completely uh, butcher it. So, like, mm. like you could tell that he actually tried as well. Yeah, I know. He, like, I think he probably actually took Spanish lessons and, like, you know, did make a really big effort. But his accent was a little weird, a little off-putting. They kind of, but I, granted, I'm mainly just, know, Mexican, like, the Mexican accent. And, like, he's from Florida, so he might have been doing more <laughs> of Cuban or Puerto Rican, so... I don't think he's doing an accent at all. I think yeah. Speaking, like, well, I mean, I was saying the try- words like he would say it. Like yeah, I mean, I, he kind of is trying to do them, but not exactly. And but I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like, like I didn't think he was doing an accent. But I didn't want to come across like I'm an expert on accents. I just knew it wasn't. <laughs> it just sounded a little off to me. But I think it was a great song. Um, like I wouldn't say it's not gonna make my top three, but I do like this song a lot and it was a really cool that they went this route and made an effort in this way for sure okay. i i, I applaud more, the effort for sure add. um i really think the the song would have uh benefited from a will swan rap verse like i think if they would have thrown in like a 808 reggaeton beat and he that'd be cool like went oh, off oh man the song would have like would have been i, I think they would have cranked it up to like top five material right yeah now. yeah <laughs> I love that idea. Give me you a Caliente Global Part Two on DV, on a DGD eleven. Ryan, do you have anything to say? Oh yeah, definitely. I have things to say. Um, <laughs> I feel like this track. Um, I feel like it, it holds a lot of weight on this album, and more than it just being like a casual like throwaway. Um, I feel like. Yeah. With Dance Gavin Dance being on top of the mountain that they've put themselves on, that, you know, like, they've, they've invented this whole genre of swan core, and usually when you're, like, the innovator of something, you got to kind of put yourself a little above and beyond and push yourself to do things a little differently. And I think with the responsibility that they've mounted on themselves, creating their own festivals and shit like that, I feel like with this, not only does it push them to, like, show everybody, like, not only do we take, like, the music aspect seriously, we're going to even push to experiment with the vocals and such. And I feel like that's, like, that's, like, responsible, like, parents in a genre, because they're not, like, they're not resting on their laurels, and, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's very, that's good for them. That's, it's, it shows, like, maturity as a the band, like, they're not going to just keep releasing the same album. And I feel like people comments on the like the accent and stuff. Like I feel like that stuff always kind of comes up when a non-fluent speaker does that. Because like Buddy Nielsen did a similar thing on a Census Fail album. Justin Bieber did it, and I don't think it's any fair. Oh yeah. Near the Dude, that, that's, such a, that's such a great point, man. Sorry I to cut mean, you off, but but it's a really good point. Yeah, it it, it tends to be associated with people who step outside that box but the fact that like dance game and dance has been on the 
has been on the scene for so long and they they know that they're trend setting they're they're setting a trend right here and they're letting people know like we're gonna experiment we're gonna try different shit and even if like if you look at it like from a mexican latin music standpoint if this would even be considered even more experimental and to them because it's totally abstract way of approaching the language if you think about it that's true yeah and i guess the other thing is like this is a very diverse genre like there's a lot of people from different ethnicities nationalities involved in this genre so it's like it's very good that they're pushing the boundaries in this way yeah yeah i I was gonna say like they're like think of like all the bands that like from like like mexico or even like i know that there's a bunch of bands in in like brazil like Latin are, math like, core in, is huge. That that are like yeah exactly that are influenced by like math core and and midwestern emo. So I feel mm-hmm. like this could be kind of like the gateway into like post hardcore uh, fans finding like like music in in other you know in like southern countries kind of like how they do with like you know Japanese like math math rock and like and in Europe as well. If I could. If I could name drop a Spanish band, <laughs> um, Avenues and Silhouettes was a band like they they weren't fluent English speakers and they sang English lyrics and it sounds like if it was an American dude singing this way you'd be like man that's weird why are they singing like that but it's weird to hear bands from countries where English isn't the fluent language and they try to sing in English so it's like I can see you know why people would complain but at the same time to me that's very interesting that people would step out their comfort zone and push to try to be something in a different language exactly um i guess a big example i mean like in the 80s like the clash and like the smiths were huge in spain and like latin america and like latin america and like spain and portugal like they've always been like on the very like edge of like what's cool in rock music even if you don't even if we don't really realize it being like from english-speaking countries do the clash thing in spanish they did sing in spanish and then and i I don't think morsi would do that but (laughs) because it's morsi but morsi is like a huge deal in latin america so and the smiths so and they were pushing the genres back in the day. Yeah. I was just, I'm, I'm, I wasn't saying shit. Well, like, you know when in Fly. animes, when they start singing in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> what? In the Japanese, like, sometimes, like, yeah, that's true, though. In anime, like, there'll be, like, a random English word. They'll be like, ah, maximum. What is, or yeah, like or in JoJo, JoJo's meme for the oh my god thing, like <laughs> that's great. And oh, also, in in anime, they always had the lyric. They always have the lyrics to the song in the opening sequence. <laughs> Those so are the credits. Can... No, this, they have the, they have the they a lot oh, of times like have a sing the They have a sing along with it sometimes. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. the credits. Some, you know, it's true. At least, I know ones. at least in the older ones like uh i was watching <laughs> Marvel fighter g gundam the other day and they have because you can tell you can tell when they're doing the lyrics because it changes to english whenever they hit the english stuff yeah yeah but hey guys, 
I just want to say we're like on this point for a long time. Okay. Yeah, well, I almost wish I had three wishes because I would yeah. wish to like move well, on to the next song. One last thing I want to say is that when I was being hard on Tillian's accent, there's more for comprehension than it is me just being an asshole for making the effort. That's the thing. That's the other thing. So. Yeah. But go ahead. Let's go to three wishes. Three wishes. Three wishes. All right. Well, um, you know, we've talked about uh, this song in the previous episode. Just wanted to add that that it's one of the other songs that kind of glue the album uh, together. It's got a good little uh, poppy feel. It, it's really a beautiful song with a lot of uh, pretty guitar parts and. Uh, I mentioned it before, but my favorite part is the intro. Like, Tillian's uh, melody, like, the whole thing, Tim's bass line, you got, like, bongos in the drum beat, and then uh, Will brings it together by making some offbeat noises with his little guitar. Um, <laughs> this is another song I think sounds heavier in the context of the album. But the other thing was, on episode two, we were talking, I was trying to think of what band it sounded like, and you said Coldplay, and we just went along with it, but I remember the band it was, it's Two Door Cinema Club, that's what this song sounds like. I was actually going to say the same thing. Really? It reminds me of a, yeah, it reminds me of a a Two Door Cinema Club, I also said a block party, and it does, like, the, I mean, the, like, the vocal part of the chorus really does sound like later Coldplay, like, when they were making, like, like just anthem after anthems like the yeah. guitar like, parts i think are all two-door cinema club now for I sure can't get that out of my head at all yeah yeah no for sure just a lot of uh fast tremolo picking yeah and um i think this block one's still one of my too. favorites block party did it first block yeah that's yeah. true block party to do it first block party's the best i love block party we gotta have them on our next playlist oh. yes silent alarm you said Three Wishes is one of your CD. Excuse me? What about Three Wishes, David? Uh, I was asking, like, Cash, uh, you said it was one of your favorites? Yeah, it's still, like, it, in the context of the album, like, it, it might make my top three whenever I finally settle on that. See, I couldn't say top three, but no, the, uh, you know, it's definitely a polarizing track, but no, this is definitely, uh, what is it, someone said it was a good glue for the, the album? No. I, yeah, Moses said that. Yeah, if you listen from front to back, you know, after the first few singles, yeah, it's like a, a light single to kind of, it has a lot of energy and it's really light and kind of, you know, yeah, it really kind of catapults you along and, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a, a nice little song. I, some people would say it's filler, but no, I disagree. It's, oh, it's not definitely not filler. Yeah. Not at all, man. Dude, it's, it's just hitters track. on this album so far. Uh, Bangers I, only. It has a lot of charm, I think. Bangers only from now on. After Banger, bro. Isn't that the name of the album? <laughs> After Banger. See, yeah, a track like this, I think it's one in a million of like the stuff they usually put out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we didn't get to Ryan yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Down. Slow your roll. And I, I enjoyed Three Wishes myself, to be honest, to be quite honest. I, I enjoy it. It's, um, it's just a really fun track, you know. Like I, I could echo everything I said like the first time when we re- we went over it, but um, in the context of the album, I say like it just keeps the hype train going, you know. Like there's so much more fun and stuff ahead, and this song just lets you know that like we're on that ride, baby. We're gonna burn all night. 
It is. You no, know, it's like a nice like light. It kind of lightens the mood. Like I mean, like it's kind of a weird. It's kind of an interesting choice of the first four songs. You get Prisoner, yeah. which is kind of like which is pretty different from a lot of the other earlier Dance Kevin Dance stuff. Lyrics lie, which is both pretty heavy but also pretty light at the same time. And then you get Calientimiento Global, and that's um. One of the deeper cuts. I mean, I wouldn't say a deeper cut. But I think oh. people are gonna celebrate that one for years. But that's like but. their that's their Latin track, and then you get this one, which is like you're pretty much an indie rock song with screaming in it. <laughs> God, I love it. Yeah. Really interesting decisions, but yeah, this is they really just threw everything at us to start out. A nice little that one in a million, though, bro. Took no prisoners. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, one in a million, man. Uh, talk about powerful intro. Um, I, I dig that little part, but I really uh, enjoy the verses and the chorus. Like, Tillian's almost kind of singing in an R&B style, which he, he does a lot on this record. Um, I get, hmm. I don't know, summertime gladness feels from it. And, like, the outro of the song is, like, an amazing mesh of both clean and unclean vocals. Um, I saw somebody on Reddit um, describe the song as if variation and summertime gladness had a baby, which I, I kind of get that when you consider the intro. <laughs> I can I can resonate with that. Oh, do tell. Um, do you have anything to tell, Ryan? Me? No, I can resonate with that. What? I just resonate? Okay. I just resonate with that. Do you want to go... I mean, do I want to go and talk about one in a million? If I could, if I could be honest about one in a million, um, in the context of the entire album, I would say this is probably the one I replay the least. Oh, if, really? Wow! I could so be that. Guy. I don't mean to be that guy. Right, out of the podcast. To, <laughs> I, I don't mean to change my name to Cash Spicer right now, but um, <laughs> one in a million. I like it. I like it for what it is, but I don't like it as much as I'm like in love with a lot of the other stuff on this album. But one in a million is definitely a very strong track, and it's about the midway point for the album. But there's, I feel like it's probably the, like the tipping point, like the climax. And then from from here on out, you think it's going to be like a steep drop-off, but it just skyrockets towards the sky after the song. You know what I mean? I think the chorus gets stuck in my head like the most more than any other uh, song off of the Yes. Album. This one's pretty fucking catchy, like in a lot of ways. Um, Completely. Anything else, Moses, or should we go to David? Yeah, David, what you got? Hit me. All right. One in a million. Yeah, that chorus. Da, da, da. Like the... The one in a million, like that chorus line, like that's so catchy. And then the, the guitar and everything, it, uh, it's such a fun and bouncy track. I, I love it. It's, uh, yeah, and it sucks. I kind of do agree with Ryan. Like, it's one of the ones I have replayed a little less, but this is, that chorus is definitely something that sticks in your head for, you know, even if you have listened to a little, little less, it's it definitely sticks with you a bit. I remember, yeah, I will agree with that. I, it may be the one I've listened to less, but I guarantee you, like it's the first one yeah. I can probably play chorus off the top of my head. I yeah, I always go back to that section. Except prisoner, I think I remember the uh, the chorus to prisoner. <laughs> it's <laughs> just one. It's just one word. Is it? Prison. Uh, there's <laughs> other words. There's other words. There's a couple. Yeah, I know, but yeah. that's that's the hook though. 
I, um, I, I think I found them. I, I found you. Wait, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not that many words. I'm... So what about that parody catharsis? Whoa, we whoa, have... whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I didn't get to talk about One in a Million, which I love One in a Million. Hey. I think this song is really cool, and I think people need to give it another chance for sure, because I think this one is, like, probably the most seamlessly they've ever gone from, like, super heavy to, like, funky and, like, poppy. Like, the the beginning of the song is super heavy. Like, you can tell the guitars are tuned down pretty low. Like, it's got to be in drop D or something. And then it goes to, like, um, it goes to, like, one of the catchiest choruses. They, I mean, probably not the catchiest, but, like, one of the catchiest choruses. And it's so poppy and funky. It's, like, yeah, this song's really cool. And I think people need to give it another chance and kind of dissect it a little more for sure. Like, this one might make one of my favorites. What? Is it your one in a million, Cash? Is it your one in a million? It is my one in a million. <laughs> my one in a million is one in a million. No, for this song, I, I definitely like how th- there's a little section where Tillian's, you know, it's really, it's a bit lighter and funky, and Tillian's just kind of going at it a bit, and then it switches to John. It's really heavy again. Like, uh, if anything, yeah, they they really do the the funky and poppy to, and jumping to heavy. They do that a, a number of times on this album. It's really good. I love that cut. But I think this is like the peak of that. This is like where they mastered it and they just mm-hmm. executed extremely well when they did it. That was yeah. Um, parody catharsis. Yes. About that. No. Yeah, so uh, Parody Catharsis is my uh, second favorite song on the album. Um, Zachary Guerin, you know, went on Twitter and and uh, mentioned he helped write this uh, guitar or the guitar for this song. So I was already stoked on it uh, before the song dropped. But yeah, I just I absolutely love Tillian's delivery, like on the first uh, half of the chorus where he's saying, don't want to be a shoulder to cry on. It almost yeah. feels uh, like an <laughs> imitation of a famous pop star, which I'm not going to name. I'll let you guys, uh, you know, <laughs> let, to the listeners, you guys can try and figure out who I'm talking about. But Connect those um, dots. What's up? Connect those dots, man. No, nah, no, nah, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I actually wanted to talk about the outro, guys. We get a taste of uh, DBM1 at the outro with like those like dissonant chords and and john screaming it takes me back to like the backward pumpkin song and, and strawberry andre for sure yes uh what, what do you guys think I, I i didn't i didn't notice until someone pointed it out but yes that's definitely a reference to uh backwards pumpkin song a, a, another really good track from dbm but shoot i'm surprised you jumped to the the end uh if well, I had to get that point in, man. I wanted, like, I, I love DBM one, and I love the like those kind of uh, chords. So, like, it like when I first heard it, it like I got so stoked. And of oh, course, it's a track with Zachary. Dude, Zach, I love Zach Garen. He's great. But if I mean, since since we're already at the end there, what is it? John, you know, incorporates more of that sing scream part. And uh, if anything, his lyrics. John Mess's lyrics are definitely way more introspective and personal here. Similar to how he was on instant gratification and acceptance speech, I'd say. What is it? 
he definitely he's more vulnerable and uh, talks about you know you know being human you know and with Healing. those dissonant chords and everything you really that that part really hits i love it what do y'all think um i was very impressed by tillian's range in this song actually like i think he he, he hit some really fucking high notes in this one he he went on Twitter and nice. uh, actually said that that the song has the highest notes and the lowest notes in the whole album. Really? Yeah, I was like, I wasn't sure if it was the highest, but I knew it was like up there for sure. Like, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to stray anyone the wrong way, but yeah, it's he's he gets up there for sure. It's funny. I, I just said it's not even the highest, but I guess Tilly just debunked me right there. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think he would know, you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He probably has a good idea. Actually, he might not have known, and someone might have told him, like, in the story. Whatever. Like, like, I don't know. I mean, like, how, would, how would you know? <laughs> I listen to Tilly I mean, and listen to when they're mixing in so or something. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Actually, so let's see. You know, they'll, like, so, in, you know, they'll uh, go from Tilly to John, and they have the drums to dun, dun, dun. You know, they have that going on. And then they'll switch to Will Swan. Coming in with a little uh, little segue, and I really like that. It's really a little catchy. pre-chorus for you. I know, I love that little touch. I think one of y'all definitely brought it up. Uh, Don't want to be a shoulder to cry on. I thought that little section was super catchy, and you know, it and it it, it does kind of play on the oh, you know, guys just want to you know once once the girl just you know just real quick kind of you know. But it, I I don't know something about it's just really witty, and you, you just, just kind of smile at it and be like okay, Tillian, okay, you know. He's little, he's kind of flexing and being a little cocky, you know. Again, wow, I just kind of I love it. Huh. Hey, cocky, get, get it? <laughs> um, working on his brand for the brand, as a uh, Pat McAfee would say. Um, I will say straw- that. Like, oh, go go ahead. So- uh, yeah, yeah. This is going back to one of my other points. Like I said, I like the little uh, Will Swan segues, and uh, you know, obviously Will Swan featured, you know, later. But I, I, you know, I'd love that they incorporated Will Swan for stuff like that more often. That's all I'd really like to say. Unless you have anything else. Um, no, I think we got to get Strawberries Wake. You got anything else to say about that, Ryan? Or. I feel like it's a very good song. It's so good. My recollection. No, actually, I really enjoy the the stuff that um, not only like Tillian brings to the table because uh, you guys were mentioning like the like the range of his vocals from lowest to highest. Like it definitely speaks to like his ability as a singer to carry this song to even like greater heights. But the fact that you get like little little Will, little and like John giving like some of like I gotta say this about John though. I'm gonna say it on this track. John is constant that keeps Dance Gavin Dance being Dance Gavin Dance. And on this album he definitely carries that weight and lets us know this is a DGD record. This is Ryan, the happiness stands are gonna come for you after saying that. <laughs> hey, well, it's not I, like Will Trout wasn't channeling his best John Mess. I, I totally get what you mean and like like I said, it really shows in the outro. Because if you get like Yes, that like outro. they like shove, you know, DBM one into your face, and I love it. I wanted a million stuck in my head now after <laughs> talking about it. 
Oh, you're still thinking about that, right? I am. <laughs> when you're li- oh, when you're listening to this, you're thinking about him. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's one in a million. <laughs> oh, true, true. All right. You got anything else to say about parody catharsis? Me? No, I, I think I'll leave it at that. I will say it's like a really strong vocal performance from both John and Tillian. And we didn't really talk about Will. Oh, um, David did. Yeah, uh, Will, Will gets a nice little, you know, pre-chorus in there. Um, it's cool for sure. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I I think that might the, actually make the song, too. All the vocal effects on this album are very nice. Like, they teased they them a little bit in Blood Wolf, but on this album, they're utilized to their, like, ultimate, like, ability. Uh, that's, right. that, that, that's praise to Tom Folk, the vocal producer for this record. Yeah. 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 Okay. Shit, this probably. might be the best vocal album. Yeah, because they play with it, and it's not, like, it doesn't feel, like, auto-tuned and out of place. Like, it, they have a role in every song, and in uh, parody catharsis, they definitely have a role, and it, like, helps make the song what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested to hear the instrumentals for these, though. All these oh, songs, yeah, like... Be... Right. When are we getting those? Target, bro. We're, we're waiting on Target. All right, does anybody have anything new to add to Strawberry's Wake? I think it sounds heavier in the context of the album, like a lot of the other songs, but it's a cool song, yeah. Like, Still great. Like, like I said, um, like, it's one of, it, I, I would put it as, like, one of the other songs that adds glue yeah. uh, to the album that, like, I think it, I think if, like, you were to release an album of just, Strawberries Wake, Lyrics Lie, Parody Catharsis, and, and maybe more songs like that. Like, it would sound like a total cohesive album, which actually makes you appreciate, you know, the, the tracks that stand out more, like, a little bit more. Hmm. I mean, because we, they, we were they really change it up. We were talking about how uh, the singles went together really well in the other episodes. So, like, it, that makes a lot of sense that they would go together well so and they're all and they all kind of wear glue from what you yeah. said yeah so uh, yeah i'd actually agree on that point uh so strawberries wake it definitely reminds me of like uh hey guys we made a uh, summertime gladness headhunter and it gives a lot of vibes like that and i really feel like okay so john and tillian in, in the interview they're like uh so yeah we did blood wolf and headhunter that's you know that's that's closer to our older sound compared to what we're going to do on the album. And I really, I really do feel like it's a glue to it's, you know, it's closer to those singles and it kind of just keeps things moving to kind of bring you back to, you know, those singles and the, the sound that they were going for on them. It's, hmm. it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. What do y'all take? What are your takes on that? Well, I think we pretty much said what we needed to because we discussed Yeah, we song. talked about it before. Yeah, I'm the last yeah. podcast. You got anything, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm ready to move on to the next track. You know what I'm Born saying? Born to Fail? It's some oh. good blue. Right. Uh, Born to Fail. We'll have to do that one next week. There's just not enough time to unpack everything that, that he said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <it is. laughs> Too controversial, you know? <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you what are y'all's takes on it? Um, I'm not a huge Tides of Man got, uh, fan, so I don't really. Well, have... the song I kind of I kind of dig the vibe of the song and something uh, different than what we're used to hearing from Dance Gavin Dance. 
Um, it features Sergio Medina, so Ooh. I don't know if if that's yeah. one of the reasons why it feels so different, like along you know with Prisoner. Um, one thing that stands out to me is is John's uh, second verse. I think the way he delivers that is uh, pretty cool, and like I, I dig it. Um, I, I don't know if somebody else wants to uh, mention. The, or I mean, I guess I can mention it. Like a lot of people are taking it as a distract to possibly Tides of Man and Johnny Craig. Um, you know, they reference uh, a lyric from "Knowing That You Already Arrived," which was by Tides of Man, which is uh, Tillian's old band. And to me, the bridge definitely feels like it could be about Johnny. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think. If I may. Go for it. Floor is yours. I feel because I've I've seen things written that say that they wrote this song totally tongue in cheek, but it kind of goes in with my Calimiento Global kind of thing, where like they have this responsibility. They sit on top of something, and I don't think there's bad blood between Johnny and DGG. I don't think there's bad blood between Tides of Man and that. I see this and the fact that everybody's talking about Tides of Man and Johnny, I see that as like free advertisement for them. And I I I with definitely with all the features on this album and everything, I just feel like Dance Game and Dance is more likely to pick up a fellow band before kicking them down. And it, like in either like if you take it as offensively, I mean the song's a banger, like shit, if I was in a song and this was a diss track, I'd be like, shit, my song's dope. <laughs> you know, um, well, the the interesting thing that you say about that is like if you pay if you pay attention to like a lot of the lyrics on this album, like some of them do feel very like tongue in cheek, but like a lot of them can be taken as like like them dissing somebody, and I'm not even talking about just born uh born to fail, like like mm-hmm. the end of of parallels, which we'll talk about like later, like yeah. you know, there, next. oh yeah, I believe yeah. Like, there, there's a bunch of songs that kind of, like, feel that way. So, I mean, I mean maybe just... they are throwing shade, but, like, either, either way, I'm all for it, man. DGD, keep doing what you're doing. Either keep the peace or, or start some uh, drama. And, like, as far as the record. Johnny stuff goes, are you done, Ryan? Or Yeah, I'm done, man. Go ahead. Take, I take mean, like, I, like, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't think there's necessarily bad blood, but I think they do pretty, I think, like, on Purple Rain on DBM2, I think they kind of acknowledge all the hardship. They they pretty literally acknowledge, like, all the hardship that, like, Johnny put them through. So, I mean, like, I don't necessarily think that they, like, are, they hate But at each least other we're having way. fun. At least, yeah, exactly. And, I love that little slow of lines. Yeah. Or, like, the, I'm baking a cake for all my friends, then Johnny comes and he poisons the cake. <laughs> or whatever. Um... I think I think that's like probably the most literal song that Dance Gavin Dance has ever made is Purple Rain and um, Transparent. Yeah, Transparent for sure. And I, it's and the way the song works, I don't think that it's like necessarily like um, that a Purple Rain. That is that like they're like we're that we hate Johnny. We wish he never been in the band. I think it's more like we're fed up with dealing with them and like he's done a lot of shitty stuff and it's just we can't really deal with them anymore and i think that's the attitude they have with them and i don't think they would you know i don't think they would publicly say that though yeah i think it's all 
but Justin, like they're not publicly saying that though. I didn't know if you were going to go though. that into detail about it, but yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're publicly saying that. It's in a song that like, and like Tillian acknowledged that there's stuff about tides and man, but they, he didn't acknowledge anything about Johnny. So exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you know, Johnny he's like, yeah, no. Like I think Johnny might be a little too controversial to just come it, right it's all out hearsay, about it. People. Yeah, that's true. But okay, for this song, so what is it? He the lyrics are "Give me substance, give me something." You know, obviously it's from a Tides of Man song. I really do like <clears> that line and how he brought it back. And uh, but he says he says that line, and then he immediately goes in ripping on someone. This is a song you wish you'd wrote before you prove that you're a fucking joke. And he's just going in. So it's like. And, uh, you know, it, it, I really do feel like it's pointed at someone, but, you know, I can't be like, oh, it's this band, this person. And, you know, as someone, you know, who, you know, who writes and sings myself, uh, it could just, it could just be like, okay, this is the song, this is a chorus where I'm just going to pour in all my passive aggressiveness just into it. It doesn't have to be pointed That's at, true. at someone. It like, could just be in general. It's it could be a, a bit of a catharsis for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going yeah. kind of letting letting go like that. Really? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I mean, could be that. There's if, a lot of if, could be's. I'd say. If I could, if I may, if I may. You may. <laughs> um. <laughs> usually, lyrics they're very personal to the singer and such. But mm-hmm. usually, lyrics nine times out of ten, they're supposed to help the listener reach something, and maybe he's talking to all those people that are just haters that wish they could write like some bangers and some afterburners but they just can't yeah and people are always going to shift and point fingers to who they think they're talking about but hey man maybe maybe it's you (laughs) (laughs) um i mean he does talk about people asking him to come back and sing for him but i guess off the diss track stuff i guess i wanted to say uh the chorus kind of reminds me of uh, Craig Owens band drugs. You know, mm-hmm. it sick kinda reference. has a similar sound to me. Well, excuse me? It's a sick reference right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, hey, drugs is pretty you good. Hear, not the not the pump the brakes or anything, but did you hear Craig Owens wishing yeah, Craig Owens. Yeah, 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 Craig Owens wants is wants coronavirus to end so he can announce the tour. <laughs> Shit, yeah, bro. I just wanna know who the that's, lineup is, dude. That's, that's what a- we gotta do. We gotta end coronavirus. We gotta find a vaccine for Craig Owens. Yes, just for Craig. That we can get Swanfest fucking going, bro. True. Agreed. Dear listeners, please but, invent the vaccine to coronavirus. All right, does anybody have anything to add for a I do. Fail? Go for I it, man. Do. Uh, in the beginning of the song, like it, you you think uh, there's you know there's a later song where it's like oh you know this is the, this is the the secret man song, but no, like this song. It starts off with John just wiling out, uh, and he's saying, like, oh, only bangers from now on. Only angry mental moans. You fool, I'm rich. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just swinging oh, his ham. here. Like, I love it, you know? <laughs> it's I good. love it. David, I have a question for you. So, Would you say that this is John's heaviest performance on the record? It's definitely it's definitely one of the heaviest for sure. Like you know, you know, I, I scream as well, and he's really like pulling from the gut and just you know. <laughs> um, 
Really say annoying. hi is in the background going, oh, uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, say hi enters the chat. Uh, hey. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Secret band featuring Tillian wants a word with you. Uh, not yet. I want to get to it, but not yet. <laughs> but anything else, uh, anything else before then? Uh, I guess, I guess I would just say right now is like I think these three, this Born to Fail parallels and Night Swing are probably like some are like not really my favorite parts of the album so far. I mean they're sol- they're all uh, solid songs, but parallels. Uh, I think the songs at the beginning and the end I think are are uh, stronger, so they will okay. not be in my top three. We're gonna we're gonna burn cash after this afterburner uh, review. <laughs> See, all right. So parallels. I know it's polarizing, but no, I, I like how it starts. It's a, uh, you know, it's Will Swan being like, oh, all right, guys. You know, we're gonna have this kind of more laid back, funky vibe. You know, with his guitar tone and all that. I like that. And then Tillian, I, I just kind of imagine Tillian like, you know, in the Joker movie, you know, Joker's like dancing on the steps. I just imagine <laughs> Tillian just walking around the street, just dancing <laughs> around. That's like the vibe. You know, the, the guitar going on. I, I, <laughs> Oh my gosh! You should di- direct the music video for it. <laughs> no, oh man, no. So Dude, I, 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 I agree with you, man. It's like to me, it's an amazing song. Like, really, like, I love it beginning to end. Like, I think it's it's a good song uh, to you know listen to when you're having a bad day and you want to turn it around, or you're just kind of bored at work and you want to kind of get pumped. Um, I think it's one of the coolest <laughs> intros that the band has you know, uh, ever came up with, um, like the intro and, and that first verse, they give me like, kind of like a George Clinton, like Funkadelic vibe. It just super groovy, dude. Super groovy. Um, uh, like former president, George Clinton, if you pay attention to the lyrics, it almost feels like it could be like a theme song for social distancing. Like I, yeah, like it, it's weird because it was written, you know, way before yeah. all all this happened. But like, you could easily take those lyrics and kind of like plug it into like how things are right now. Um, like other than that, um, I don't know. Tillian hits like a interesting like like vocal style. I've seen people kind of uh, mention that that it sounds like Freddie Mercury. Like kind of you know toward mm. toward like the end of the song, the end you say. I in the middle, or yeah, like more in the middle. Like I don't know what do you what do you guys think about like the way he's singing? Like it's you know something uh, kind of different. Uh, and like it, it's more so in the intro. Like what is it? Uh, you know the like I live alone. Like I, I turn my phone off, and like they have the the gang vocals echoing on oh. those lines. Yeah, like yeah, no, but but I'm asking about like when he's asking when he's saying like I just need a little bump like like I don't like you know he's never really sang like that before and oh okay yeah like like I said people are are kind of uh, saying it reminds them of like Freddie Mercury which I mean I've listened to some Queen but I don't know them too well to know if if that's like a um, a good comparison. Now that you said that, I'll re-listen to some Queen because, like, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I did all the classic rock stuff, but if I could go next, I can echo some sentiments. All right, go for Please it. Please do. <clears throat> this track right here. This is the best track. This album should have been called Parallel, bro. Like, hands down, this yeah. is the track on the album. This is the best. Like, 
literally what Moses is saying about like the queen like styled vocals not only does that like to me does that not like appear on just like the the vocal like you know the harmonies he's got in the middle there I feel like it's structured like a like a bohemian rhapsody like an innuendo or like somebody to love where it just keeps progressing and progressing and like there's no real repetition in this song. That's true. I, there, there's a lot of change-ups like within the track. Yeah. So it's, totally yes. it's like a journey. It's an adventure. It feels like a story. It feels like the theme song to like the most epic like JRPG Toe Jam and Earl video game I've ever heard. It's like it's very epic. It's very grandiose, and it like just the bass alone on this like makes it have so much more of a funk vibe than any like. It's like happiness level funk vibes for me, and I just yeah. this song right here, like literally, like I, I I will die on that hill saying that this album should have been called Parallels because this this one and Into the Sunset for me were so like outside the box for them that I just crave more. I I need more Dance Gavin Dance like this. Yeah, for sure. I will I, I will agree on the different vibes, but actually, uh, there's a line that J- there's a little section John, um, he's saying, uh, "Damn ho, you can rob me." I gave up getting paid, you know? I thought that was a funny line. But then I was listening, wait a second. That that phrasing, that pattern, that rhythm, it's super familiar somewhere. Where is it from? And it took me back to uh, the Fall of Troy album, some of their first stuff. It's, uh, what sound does a Mastodon make? Thomas, or it's a scream section where Thomas Arrak is like, tell me that you want me. Tell me that you want to be me tonight. Like, oh, interesting. It's that same, like, little rhythm. Like, yeah, I could see that. All right. And I love uh, that. Dude, speaking of, of John Mess lyrics, um, there's a part in the song where he says he's, like, Rambo mixed with Rodney. Yeah. He's talking about, uh, do you think he's referring to Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, like, what Rodney is he talking about? Um, hmm. Rodney Dangerfield. There is no other Rodney. Can you think of one? Uh, I, my mind just keeps going to Rodney King. Very tragic, oh. but, <laughs> but I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's it. Um, podcast is canceled. <laughs> too sad. Damn. That, that makes the song a lot darker, though, if you think about it in that context. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the right Rodney. Um, <laughs> I'm not familiar with any Rodneys, but uh, I guess what I'd say is I think this is probably like one of the oddest songs on the album for sure. Hasn't quite grabbed me yet, but I, I'm gonna give it some more re-listens based off what y'all said. Listen to that breakdown, dude. Just all and, right, and just it was try pretty to close to making that, the top three for me. Fair, fair. The perfect ten out of ten song on a ten out of ten album. It's it's really fun. A lot of new elements, a lot of, you know, references, or at least uh, stuff that borrows here and there that, you know, you could be like, oh, I heard this from, from this band, that band, you know? Shoot, for what, Freddie Mercury, The Fall of Troy, you know, a lot of it's, stuff in there. Good track. It's a very, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Freddie Mercury and The Fall of Troy, that's probably just Chiodos then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great, great stuff. Actually, Chiodos did, s- got a piano. Chiodos <laughs> did say that uh, their influences were like Fall of Troy and Queen. So Pretty much. Yeah. They were boy bands with breakdowns, bro. They they embraced what they did, and, you know, they, w- they would probably love the Afterburner album. 
Oh, I, I think uh, I think Craig Owens tweeted Tillian and said that uh, there was a great album earlier uh, sometime this weekend. Sick. He'd be right on. I want to hug great Craig. singers. I actually that reminds me of something from back in the day when I first started getting into like post hardcore stuff. My friends had already got into it, and for some reason they would just go around and say they'd say like Johnny Craig, Kurt Travis, Craig Owens, like over and over again to each other. Like, as a call and response thing. I don't even know what the fuck they were doing, but... <laughs> they were doing, like, the high-pitched singer, like, uh... It's like zip-zap-zop, like just... that uh, improv. <laughs> yeah, that. It's like... They're like, yeah. Craig Owens. Johnny Craig. Uh, no, Johnny I thought, I thought you were going to say they kept saying there's no hardcore dancing in the living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no yeah. humans in Alaska. Yeah, you I was... You I was uh, lucky enough to, to see Chiodos back when they were known as Chiodo Bros. Chiodo Bros. Like a, they played like a church in San Jose, and it was it was dope, man. I was like, I remember just being really into them, and like, I'm like, damn, I've never really heard anything, you know, that that goes like. Oh, they're this. awesome. Yeah, they're early they're one of early favorites. Their um, early stuff was all over the place, man. It was really experimental. Yeah. Their yeah. first two albums are terrific. Um. I saw them when Craig Owens got back, came back in a Warped Tour. I was, like, front row. It was, like, one of my favorite concert experiences. That was when Thomas Eric was in the band, huh? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, the, was, uh, that was, like, that was monumental. Like, I was going to say, we can't be mentioning Thomas Eric and Chiodos and not mention, like, the... Because yeah. Chiodos <laughs> Oh, yeah, Remo. dude, uh, at a Warped Tour, Craig Owens totally walked up to me, and he, like, complimented my uh, Bane shirt. And I was like, hey, oh, nice. Dude. Having met him at like, Warp Tour and Taste of Chaos, and like, I met him when he was in drugs. I've met him like a couple times, and every time he's just wait, a really... Wait, pop- did you meet him when he was in drugs or on drugs? I think... God damn it, Moses. Great. Now I can't share this in the the, 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 the fucking Craig Owens fucking forum. <laughs> you so fucking good. And, uh, oh, yeah. shit out. We but like, hear. also, Cinematic Sunrise, Better Than Drugs. No. Yes. You can't say that. <laughs> I can. Cinematic Sunrise is better than drugs. Alright, great. Now we can't share this to Craig Owens. <laughs> Why? It's still Craig Owens. Yeah, but he's not currently in Cinematic Sunrise. Well, the album that well, he was on, that was the best one. Yeah, he's in currently in Drugs, trying to make Drugs album. Drugs is good too, but, but like, isn't he the only Cinematic one? Cinematic Sunrise drugs? was like, was I mean, like really fucking. I'm just, I'm saying that because I think Cinematic Sunrise doesn't get enough credit. That's my thing. I, I, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I'm just saying for promotional purposes. Oh, uh, promotional purposes. Well, Moses already. Uh, Threw him under the bridge. Sale, I, know, so. I, know, I know Moses through our boy Craig under the bridge already. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to. I'm trying to say face, man. <laughs> but like cinema, <laughs> I mean, like I'm saying that as pers- personal opinion. Like I fuck with Cinemax Sunrise way more than drugs. Like, I love Cinemax Sunrise so much. I fuck with it all. I love it all. It is also amazing. I can only compliment the music I love. Same, same here, man. I don't know what a uh, Cash Spicer. <laughs> talking about when he made fun of Greg Owens 
You can reach him at Cash Spicer on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> no, I don't have an Instagram, but... Damn it. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, what about Night's Way? Yeah, Night's, Night's Way. Way? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I love that Night's Way. It uh, features our boy uh, Andrew Wells on guitar. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, saying, like, all, the, all the guitar features on this album, like, it really helps, like, you know, break up the monotony and create, like, this new, fresh, like, vibe that, like, you wouldn't find on, like, previous records. Because the vibe on Afterburner is definitely, like, its own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, a lot of the songs that do have guitar features um, are the ones that kind of stand out, that sound like, you know, like, Dance Gavin Dance is trying something a little bit different than, than what we're used to. And I mean, say say hi. I get a little bit of that, but I also kind of get, uh, or sorry, Night's Way. I get a little bit of that, but I also get a Headhunter vibe from it. Like, Definitely. I don't know, especially on the first listen. Um, I also really dig the chorus. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, Betrayed by the Game, the way that that kind of the way that Tillian sings it. Uh, what do you guys think? David, what do you think? Please repeat that request and I zoned out. What do you think of Night Sweat? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I love that intro. It's super heavy and funky at the same time. I, I love when Will does that, um, when he adds funk and heaviness at the same time. It's, it's, mm. And then John's obviously he's flowing over that and making it even better. It's... It's super great. It, uh, it's great stuff, man. Uh, I, I, it's just another song I need more time with. Shoot, what? what I, I agree I, with that. What were y'all kind of vibing with? I definitely agree with that. That we definitely all need more time to like marinate with this album. But I feel like these hot shot like first vibes. It's like a first impression, and I feel like maybe in time we can revisit this. I completely agree. And see how, like, in maybe like a month, maybe down two months, three months down the line, we, we revisit it and we get like the the marinated opinion, like the marinated opinion we have about like artificial selection and acceptance speech and mothership. Yeah, or see if like the opinions change. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Definitely down to see like if like this this one changes over time. Yeah, I definitely want to get parallels to Second Chance after um, what y'all said, but I don't really have anything to say about Night Sweat. Amazing song. But, uh, you, yeah, you go ahead. Well, yeah, I said what what I need to about uh, Night's Way. Um, song. I don't know. Did everybody else add uh, in what they wanted to? I mean, I, I wanted think. to echo the whole guitar features, like, being on point. I, I totally agree with that. I think they some of them make the album, for sure. I, I feel like, uh, Tim, you know, the bass just doesn't, you know, like, on previous records, like, it's there. But I feel like on this record, he definitely has hear it, man. Tim's sure. got some great stuff on this one. Prominent oh, yeah. featuring yeah. of him, like it helps create this like whole new vibrancy to all the songs that I feel like we weren't getting in previous records. Like bass, like definitely has played a role in Dance Gavin Dance's past discography, but I feel like it was highlighted in a unique way on this record. And yeah. like it, on Night's Way, you definitely get that. Like this one and DBM two, I think definitely really here. killed it on bass for sure. I feel that. Shout out to Eric Lodge. Dun, dun. Yeah, Eric Lodge. Oh, oh Eric Lodge. That's a nice little bass reference there. Mm. Tim needs more credit, man. 
Shout out. Yeah. To Actually, I, yeah, I think this is this is probably Tim's best album for sure. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. A man, a round of applause. Just, just the most of applause. Like, uh, what was the earlier song that uh that Will was rapping on? Was it parody? Ca- yes. Yeah, parody sir. catharsis. Yeah, sir. Little. Yeah. That, he was rapping because that yeah, that bass that bass line in there. Where the one where Will was rapping, the bass line over that was like that was so nasty. That was so good. <laughs> that bass was dummy thick, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So are we are we ready to move on to, to uh, uh, yo? Hey, one more thing: the bass on this album has a dump truck ass like a Pixar mom. Oh <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. It gives the album so much heaviness too. Oh yeah, there's so like, much weight they, to the like. They uh definitely tuned down on a lot of songs for this for this album. It sounds great. If, that, if, that, if Afterburner had an ass, dude, it would be dummy thick just because of the bass alone. Like, just it would, yeah. it would be Matt. the mom from The Incredibles and the, oh and my the guitars. <laughs> yeah, the guitars are really bassy in this one in this album too. Yeah, but... <laughs> the were made from elastic belt, bro. I'm telling you, just fucking I mean... ripping it, man. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, hey, uh, hi. Uh, hi. Uh, Say hi. Hi. Oh. <laughs> oh, guys. Okay. Speaking That's of safe. heaviness, this is like probably this is one of the heaviest songs on the album for sure. And so, down. featuring like, all the whole thing. It's just it, it weighs you down. <laughs> for sure. So yeah, say hi. You know, we get a little taste of a uh, secret band featuring Tillian. Mm-hmm. I mean, the song even features Martin from Secret Band. Like, I, I think I saw in a Facebook group, like, some douche was, like, trying to act like, oh, just because it's heavy doesn't make it sound like Secret Band at all. Like, you guys are tripping. I'm like, dude. Like, Shout him look out. At, look at who wrote, you know, the song. Like, it's pretty much the band. So, uh, yeah, no shout outs to that guy. Hearing <laughs> <laughs> um, this, going to realize this is Secret Band featuring Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, I mean, John Mess and Matt really shine in this song to me, and it includes, like, some of my favorite uh, lyrics in the album. Yes. What, what do you guys think? Right now, Definitely. I can tell you, uh, John Mess's opening lines, uh, you're just in denial and with the wrong one. Love don't make you crippled or enslaved. Like, he's literally calling out toxic relationships and uh, people that stay with people that control them or, you know, just make them feel shitty or less and i love that that's a message that needs to go out for sure like i love that uh what what are are some uh or what and or later in the song where the you know where the say hi kind of comes up john mess again he's like making himself more vulnerable he's straight up talking about like like oh sometimes you know like yeah i want to talk to people and say hi but sometimes my mind's all fucked up and uh and when I do say hi, it's just to express how fucked up I am, you know? Like, I really love that vulnerability in expressing that. That's cool. I, I, I can, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. Um, well, um, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I can go. Okay, cool. Go for it. Um, I feel like say hi, definitely. Um, We got to give a shout out to the Matt Mingus because that, that, that boy is going yeah. hard. He 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 came to play on this album and like I would say say hi definitely like is a like monument and there should be a shrine built of his drum set because <laughs> it, it he's very it, like it's just 
Oh, like say hi Super for me. Super underappreciated. Yeah, I, like we, I, I mean, we have said one goddamn word about Matt Mingus right now, and I'm I'm just so upset about it that now I brought it back. I will yeah, say, I mean, Matt Mingus really shines on secret band tracks. Like LP two, he's a monster. Oh, yeah. monster. Like they're so crunchy and just mm, they're super tight on all the secret band stuff, especially the heavy stuff. He he owns them. You know, yeah, super talented drummer. Definitely one of my favorites. He's up there with uh, Derek Bloom. Oh, he's yeah. gotten better over the years too. Yeah, and shoot, let's you know, let's not forget, you know, the other members. Of course, you got Tillian. Tillian usually he's uh, using his higher register, but this song, you know, he's he's uh, more grounded in his lower one, and I feel like it really, it really matches uh, the more chaotic and dark sound of the song. And I'm glad he took that direction. I, I have to say, I love, I love like the oxymoron, like. Clash, like freaking um, juxtaposition of like him singing the chorus, like can't you see that I'm normal? But he sounds like spooky. He's definitely yeah, he, he really does. Like <laughs> normal would say they were normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He definitely isn't a little effect on his voice. Yeah, do you and, think that's like a commentary, like like to like fans, like hey, mm-hmm. look, it's a dance Gavin dance song on a dance Gavin dance record, like for people that are probably scared that it's too experimental and it's different like here's a song <laughs> like normal dance kevin dance song but isn't that normal though isn't that normal at this point it's normal for them to have like that secret band-esque song where john takes over or he's like the star of it you know outright yeah I mean, we're in the meta man we're on the meta lyrics right here man. i mean I, I feel like i feel like it's like commentary in like I don't know for being like antisocial and mm-hmm. and like kind of awkward. Like maybe it's a, an anthem for the you know for people who feel that way. Actually, yeah. Uh, Shout out to the introverts. Topic shopper. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like how sense. funny would it be like if in the video they like were dressed like in like white makeup and like heavy black eyeliner, like it, like if, if they if were was a single gonna do a death metal video. <laughs> Or like motionless and wide or something. <laughs> <laughs> just them trapped in like a very like dead forest. Just like, look, we're normal. <laughs> Near the fjords. But no. <laughs> so like, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Tillian sounds a little spooky. And, you know, there's even, I think there's a vocal edit where like, I mean, he kind of cuts so off. does John, honestly. John, <laughs> John is wearing it. So this this is exact this is you know the album cover or even the promotional art where John's wearing the horns and the bloody eye. This song this is where it came from. It had to be because uh, towards the end especially John will be screaming and like there's that there, there's one line where it'll cut off and it'll it's like uh, like it kind of something like that and to me it, oh. sounds, it sounds like a heartbeat like or it sounds like the uh, it, okay it's it's hard to explain but like. It sounds like a heart kind of giving out or like trying to keeping going, keep going, and no, it, and it really drills in the oh yeah, this is like a it, you know it's a person turning deno- demonic, and you know obviously like half dead or you know not fully human, and you hear that at the end of the song where he, you know he has that drawn out scream where it goes high pitched but and then a low and then back to normal again like. I, I, I thought he was just catching his breath, man. And you're here like <laughs> on some Walking Dead stuff. 
No, no. <laughs> this John is outing himself as the devil. He, he, he tries to play it off. He's no, Gavin. I'm, I'm just an awkward human, but no, this guy is just straight up the devil, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I guess that picture. I know what you're talking about now. The, the one with the, <laughs> yeah, the horns and the blood and his eyes. Devil. Yeah. yeah. No, and I love the devil. You just met the devil. <laughs> I um, need the devil. I haven't met John Mess yet. You got anything else, David, or? Uh, I just, uh, if you listen to this song, this is, uh, probably my t- top song off of Afterburner. It definitely, Fair. it's, it's one, it's, if it's not the best, it's, it's, it's up there. Definitely. I guess it's top three. I love it. Everything I about. think, I think this song is, like, great from start to finish. Like, it's, like, it's so tight and just, like, damn. This is, a, this is like, a hundred percent, like, they got everything right in the whole song. Um... What else was I going to say? I think it has probably one of the coolest breakdowns on the album, too. Yes. I was going to get that, too. Yes. Uh, or John, like, John's alliteration, I need reminded, recognize that thinking doesn't know, you know, another night, another night, another night alone. I really, that section, you know, it's, it's kind of the highlight. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's like the breakdown section that, you know, one would probably repeat a lot. Well, at least for me, at least. I'll speak for myself. But, no, that, that breakdown is super, super it's great. It's, like, it's got to be, like, the best, if not one of the best, if not the best on the album, for sure. And I think we got to get to our, the best part of the song, the ahays. Give our takes on those. <laughs> no stone unturned on this album, on this song. Uh, for sure. uh, yeah, I already touched Ryan. on it. But yeah, we got it on that. Ryan's making noises. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's mm. the very end. <laughs> they, they highs are great, but they mm, they transitions into nothing shameful. Well, oh, do we have anything to say about the uh, haze though? <gasps> yeah, they transition well, when, into them. When he the, says uh, uh, high, um, I mean, I I really felt that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see that shit? <laughs> it's, I mean, like. <laughs> We've we've been we've already made it into a meme by now I'm pretty sure but we did and it did yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Nothing else about that. No, I think we're think... ready to move on to uh, yeah best at, transition on the album. At, yeah, sure. exactly because uh, at the end it's like mm, and you you can tell that's like Tillian and it's like okay John I let you flex and now and then they jump right into nothing shameful where Tillian is just going oh, on man. cylinders. Nothing shameful is gonna scare me one of these days. Gonna, I'm gonna have it on shuffle or something, and it's just gonna like come out of nowhere. <laughs> See, a lot of DGD songs, like they'll just—I don't know—I don't know how you know it works with the editing thing, but they'll have a song just snap instantly, and it just—it's all in your face instantly. It kind of scares you almost, basically. I can tell you how it works with the editing. <laughs> you just take out the. Well, um. You have anything else? You have anything to say about nothing shameful? I'll I'll come back to it in a sec. Yeah, well, nothing nothing shameful is actually my favorite song on the album. Um, it's just a really it might be mine too, honestly. It's a really beautiful song. Um, it features it is, yeah. Andrew Andrew uh, Wells, you know, doing doing a, a little verse, mm-hmm. or should I say, a big boy verse. Um, oh, in yeah. the song, and it also features uh, Sergio Medina on guitar. <laughs> um, 
yeah like having both of those features on there like it really makes me stoked on the new idola album uh which i don't know when that's gonna drop but i'm really looking forward to it because it's going june to... july i heard yeah it's gonna feature john mess on on it so heavy Ooh. his heaviest release basically. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but yeah back to the song it, it's yeah. my favorite it's you know like kind of like a almost desperate for love uh like vibe to it and i mean like who hurt andrew that's what i want to know oh dude he says i'm just a stone slinking broken and numb like oof that's heavy yeah what do you what do you guys have to say about that andrew is beautiful (laughs) you just like the beard yeah i can't lie i can't lie i wish he's an inspiration Oh, no, I, I like, yeah, no, I, Andrew, uh, I love his addition to this song. Definitely. Uh, do you have anything else to say on Andrew? Because there's another song um, another section that comes to mind. I guess that was a point I was going to make about it was, like, I, I really love Andrew's parts, and I love it when he when he's on Dance Kevin Dance songs because Idol is kind of dense to just be listening to on an everyday basis, but, like, I love Andrew's voice, and so, like, this really kind of... Let's me get my uh, Andrew Wells um, fix without having to like dive into like Idol's like discography, which Idol is really cool and stuff, but it's like I don't necessarily want to listen to like that every day. You know what I mean? We're all listening to dance. Gavin you don't want to get sad. you don't want to get sad every day. Yeah, I don't want to get sad. <laughs> I don't want to have to think about the music too hard sometimes. I mean, all those thoughts you think don't even matter. <laughs> Uh, um, I feel like it's a great song. I feel like um, it's like a testament to Andrew Wells' ability because his range displayed in Evaporate is totally different than on this track. Definitely. But I feel like it's more in tune with his E-Idola tune. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And um, I feel like it's a really strong song. It's uh, def- It feels a little more softer than a lot of the songs on the album. I, I feel like some of it, it's very ethereal, very angelic. And lots of, it gives you lots of fees, you know, lots of fee fees. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great track, you know. I, I would rate it very high on uh, the, the songs that I would definitely hit replay on, because there's, there's just so much to like, get out of this song. Because it's oh, not yeah. just, it's not just like your run of the mill, like you know, lower, uh, down tune little uh, slow down jam. It's, it's definitely got some meat to it. Actually, and it's some heart for sure. Some the meat of the heart. It, it really, I had a heart before. It really punches you. Yeah. If anything, um, there's a section where like Will, he has this little riff, and like the the, the chords afterwards, and John's like, you know, riffing over it. Like, hey, like that riff though again. Can you give me that riff one more time? <laughs> that section, I, I, that 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 little section just uplifts me, and it, I don't know. There's just certain chords and little riffs. Was that the intro that's... to Prisoner? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Check out my cover on uh, Damn Damn Dance. <laughs> yeah, just, just completely. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do covers where I sing out every single instrument. You should start an acapella group. That'd be dope. Yeah, Dance Kevin Dance acapella be... group. Yeah. Ryan will scream for you. Oh yeah. my god. Guys. I'll scream acapella, yeah. I'll, I could be the drums. <laughs> 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 
I, I meant you would do the John parts, but that works too. But you said acapella, that would mean there was no instrumentals. Well, I said you do the John parts, but acapella. you would still need the vocals. Why would you scream the drum part? Why would you think you'd scream the drum part? He's singing. He's acapellaing all the instruments. All right, fair enough. Whatever. Um, that needs to happen. <laughs> Honestly, the, this might be like the most beautiful guitar part, like in quite a while for Dance Kevin Dance. Uh, which one? The the part I was referencing, or another one? Just the whole thing, like all the guitar. <laughs> like it's really pretty guitar in this song. Yes. Nothing shameful about these guitar riffs, you know what I mean? Nothing shameful Absolutely at all. Absolutely not. I'll fight anyone that says that differently. <laughs> you know what? The only thing you'll be ashamed of is how sad you feel afterwards. <laughs> sad that man. <laughs> um. You got anything, Moses? No, nah, I pretty much said um, everything I, I've needed to say, I feel like. So David, Ryan. Like I said, oh, I'm good. I'm ready yeah. to move on to... Well, I got one more thing. I'm ready. I was just making oh. sure y'all got y'all are good. You have one more, you said? Yeah. You got anything, David? Uh, no, go ahead. The floor is yours. All right. Um, the false ending. Whenever Andrew Wells' parts ends and it comes back in, that... That is really awesome, right there. It's just like our pot, our episode two of our podcast, basically. But <laughs> like, like bigger than life, you know. It makes it, it makes the that song was... bigger than it is, and it's and just, the like, Tillian auto tune. That's it, that sounded really good. Um, oh yeah, really I mean, awesome it, ending. I really do like how they loop back to that. The beginning that part, opening, which that opening is really contagious. I will say the opening. I, I kind of disagree. I'm not a huge fan of the opening. I mean, like, I like it, but it's not... I wouldn't... It wouldn't be something I would usually gravitate towards, but it works so well when it comes back in the song and it makes me like it, is the thing, so... Mm -hmm. So what you're saying saying is you want to ask somebody's daughter out to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I, I guess maybe I would let the song play out a little well, bit, then ask someone's daughter out. Well, yeah, because at the beginning of the song, Tillian's literally saying, take, all you do is take. So, <laughs> no, yeah, that's that another great point, David. Dude, I, I love it, and um, that mixed with the chorus just kind of gives it like a pop-punk feel. And, you know, they've kind of... It, like done a pop punk feel before with Story of My Bros, but that's more of kind of like a, a happy broy pop punk song. This is more of like your serious, like you know, like lovey dubby about a breakup, like like pop punk song. So, like I, I really dig it. It's a great track, top three. Yeah, I'm ready to head into the sunset. How about you guys? Into the sunset, oh, guys. Oh man. The sunset. I is love this song. Track. It's so good. I think it's the perfect closer. Yeah. Like it, it's such a, like such an interesting vibe. Like, like just going into the intro, it almost sounds like kind of like a dreamy, like fifties doo wop like type of song. Did you like that, Moses? Based off your. Uh... What's up? Did you like the intro? Yeah, yeah, I, I really did. It like kind of reminded me of like the beach boys uh, yeah i guess i do like like, you know do what music um but yeah i'm not that familiar with with the beach boys because they're more like goofy with like (laughs) they're like more of the goofy take that back that that you just got 
I guess you don't like surfing. It reminds me of like of like Boy Meets World where they're like hanging out at, <laughs> at, at like the the diner or whatever, like you know, in like the later episodes. Um, no, but then you, you probably like, have fonder memories of Boy Meets World than I do. Oh, cause... probably, yeah. <laughs> but I did like Boy Meets Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, like I remember watching Boy Meets World. I liked it a lot, but I don't really remember too much about it. Um, yeah, once you get to the Johnny, like Frank part, it, you know, it like the song takes like a, like almost like a dramatic turn, and it becomes like this really interesting, like vibey song that kind of reminds me of a of a band called Idiot Pilot. Um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys ever heard of that band, but. Uh, definitely should check them out, and I think you'll be able to to kind of agree with me. Um, and as far as the lyrics go, like you know, it kind of like it almost kind of sounds like a love song, but like if you pay attention to the lyrics and even uh, Will's rap verse, it's like all about like the world coming to an end, which is kind of interesting. Um, about the lyrics. <laughs> There's two things I guess I want to talk about. Um, one was stick around and get stuck with the end, John's part. Yeah. That kind of rem- that I think might have been a throwback to uh, was it to Three Wishes when he says multiple stab stab wounds. I don't know if anyone <laughs> else made that connection. Yeah. Uh, how so? <laughs> you ever been stuck with a knife? Stuck uh, around, get stuck. Dream. <laughs> which. I guess that kind of reminded me of happiness because people say happiness was supposed the song the album was supposed to the track listing is supposed to be in reverse because I don't remember why but maybe this it told the story similar yeah I told well, the story actually, but I, I saw that post Zachary yeah. Guerin said that like he wanted a self trepanation to be like the opening song which I mean that kind of makes that sense. would be a cool opener it I would mean, be such a cool opener Tree Village was pretty awesome also pretty a great awesome opener, opener. Yeah. yeah that was a, it's a hard argument to make man um, yeah, so it should have been the opener but uh, that's just me what i guess the other thing about the lyrics i, I thought it was announced that he thought it was funny demo- wait what what hey, so now who's talking <laughs> what are you saying ryan i said D- david just said that happiness wasn't that great and tree village oh. wasn't that great of an opener so i guess tree village is good handsome not uh, I feel I feel like happiness leaves more to be desired is my take. I'm about to burn this bridge, man. <laughs> about to burn this podcast to the ground. I like this. Matt, uh, a tree village. I feel like it was should have been like sec like second, third, or fourth track. Like I said, NASA is like the defining song. Like that, it just feels like NASA. a for like man, NASA's cool. But do you make man? What wow. excuse? That's that's Death Star. Yeah, dude, that's like no, that's that's the epitome of like Swan Core. When I think of Swan Core, I think of that opening. But anyway, Alex English. Yeah, let's go right, back to have, the sunset. Next time we record the episode, don't tell Dave. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I love you. I'm totally no. kidding. I just had to make that joke. I thought it was funny when Will said uh, when he was talking about cutting the Zans too. Oh yeah. Yeah, like on a spaceship. Like on a spaceship, yeah. <laughs> I just found it funny when. They... I mean, it is kind of a throwback to like the type of genre they were kind of the, the genres they were experimenting on the song too. So, cause like that SoundCloud rapper kind of sound. So. Yeah. But no, uh, I, I wanted to go back to the intro real quick. But no, uh, go for it. 
you know, you listen to it, and it's like, oh, this is a slower, you know, definitely, like, okay, interesting <laughs> beginning. But then you look at the title, Into the Sunset, and you're just listening to that into the context. And I'm like, literally, like, one of the first few times I listened to it, I was like, yo, this shit's beautiful. What the fuck? Like, I even got emotional to it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like, did, too, honestly, when I first heard it. I was like, yo, I, I, I oh, imagine Sunset with this jamming out to that intro. and then the, That's the, why it became uh, my third favorite track, man. It, it definitely gets you. I think this is going to make my top three. This is a grower. I'd say. About the Into the Sunset part, like the name of the song, like in the in the beginning, like cause Into the Sunset reminds me of like old Western kind of Westerns, things like that. And oh, then yeah. the beginning is like a 50s sound. And so it's it kind of starts you off with a classic thing, but it's also like, you know, it's the album closer and it's it really it pushes to like a whole it pushes like the genre like 70 years into the future <laughs> hmm yeah i found it interesting like usually the, like the last song is like more like oh we're gonna go out with a bang you know the big final song well but... i mean that's true but this is also like i think a really i it kind of does go out with the bang because it kind of ends with the stuck around get stuck part or stick around get stuck part but also <laughs> um i think it's like a really cool just like it, like just mellow ended kind of kind of like how they ended uh dbm1 it really uh, provides closure for the album definitely okay i can agree with that all right and honestly i kind of hope they do more songs like this i wouldn't i wouldn't want a whole album like this but i kind of want them to do a few more songs like this whole album would be a, probably too much but hmm. so he, this song, I really appreciate the instrumentals and the vibes it gives. The uh, like, there's really some beautiful, very vibey moments, and I, I I can't appreciate them enough. And so, you know, they have to feature Bill Murray, and of course, you get a uh, Will Swan with his own verse, and they both kind of play with this, you know, trap, you know, rap sound, you know, like you said, a SoundCloud rapper kind of thing. Um, I, to, like, just to be honest, I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Bill Murray feature, but I feel like Will really, really, uh, really brought it, you know, brought it back and, you know, at least, you know, if they were, they were going for that SoundCloud rapper thing, I think Will really killed it, you know, especially with this flow over it and his lyrics. I don't know, what, what were y'all's takes on that? Well, okay, going back to the Johnny Frank, uh, bill murray feature i actually kind of like it didn't really stand out but I, I actually dig it because i i like really been i like i'm i've really been into like the newer almost soundcloud like emo rap stuff like not yeah like i mean i, I like I like uh you know trippy red and little uzi vert but there's like another sub genre within that genre where it's like people are like sampling senses fail and like under oath songs and kind of singing over them. Little Lotus. Yeah, Little Lotus. Who I actually he's knew. Texas. He's from Dallas. Yeah, yeah, he's from Texas. Uh, yeah, I met him. Yeah, a few that's, times. that's funny because I was actually gonna um, uh, throw him on our list of what I've been listening to. Because oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's he a cool guy. Signed, uh, he just signed to Epitaph and yeah, um, they like re they re released like all his old stuff that was only on SoundCloud. Uh, because he couldn't get like the samples cleared and whatnot, um, it's on Spotify now. So, but anyways, back to into the sunset. Actually, I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. So. <laughs> but uh, let's keep going. Um, 
I think they did everything on the song correctly. Uh, like, and they, there's so much to it. Like, there's so much to unpack in it, and I think they did it all wonderfully well. Um, <laughs> you, you go ahead if you. Want. Uh, did we hear from Ryan? No. She what? Um, I would. I'm. 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 My feelings on Into the Sunset. I'm gonna have to change my top three. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to push out "Born to Fail" and replace it with probably oh. one of the most precious tracks on the album. Cause, Definitely do it. Because Bill Murray, like seriously, he like I feel like he pushed like DGD to push this envelope, and I feel like mm. this song is like a like an amalgamation of just like all kinds of like DGD. Because like the at one point like there's this like it it sounds like a sample, a little bit of a guitar piece. It's kind of got like that young robot kind of like exposed feel mm-hmm. to it a little bit. And like, there's just so much to it, and I feel like with the experimentation that this song does, like Cash saying like he wouldn't want a whole album sounding like this, like this, and but like this and, I'd be uh, down to have more songs though. I'd be down to have more songs like this, but not a whole album. I would be down to have a whole album like this and parallels. If it was just Is like this, this parallels, I would be that, that I'd be buying that album every week, every oh, vinyl. Parallels. Can I add one more off-topic kind of thing? I mean, that's kind of related. Go for so, it. So, like, on, on Facebook, like, a lot of people like to make these posts of, like, what <laughs> cover would you like to hear from Dance, Gavin, Dance? And I've oh, always said... I excel I'll at say, those. Wait, wait. So, I, I've always said that I'd love to hear them cover Without Me by Halsey, because I feel like Tillian could really, like, take that song to a new level, and I, I'd like to hear him sing it, but uh bill murray came out with like a like a ep and they actually cut like it's like a cover ep and he does a halsey cover with with tillian and it's pretty oh yeah yeah. it's not without me it's nightmare but like either way like you like you kind of get well at least i get that kind of vibe that i was looking for which was like really interesting that that i kind of called that out and it kind of came into fruition um, I guess the other thing I want to say, I think this is probably Will's best rap verse since, like, um, Spooks, I would say. Power to the People. Oh, Power uh, to the People is good. But Spooks is, like... One. That's the first one, dirty. though. I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say that was his best one, because that was just his first one. But that but... was a good one, though. He had co- yeah. he had really cool flow on it. But I, mean, I, I would think... say Eagle, Eagle vs. Crows is better than, than all the previous ones, mm. but, uh, but this one definitely takes the cake. Yeah, I can agree with that. Eagles versus Crow is kind of polarizing because uh, even I didn't care for it, but you know it kind of grew on me, kind of deal. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, David. I liked it from the beginning. It's such a cool little vibe. Like it's it's almost like like I don't know. Will's doing some kind of trippy like little guitar riffs and like to like you could tell Tillian's really having fun with like with like the song and like the melody that he sings mm-hmm. and you get a great rap verse on Eagles verse. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eagles versus is honestly underrated. I love that one for sure. Agreed. Uh, are we done with into the sunset? Yeah. I think, I think we that's got the whole album. Sunset. Somehow we got this whole thing done in a day. All right. <laughs> Who would like to go first? Well, somehow we were able to listen to other music other than uh, that's true too. The new dance, Gavin Dance. Yeah, I mean, we did have a whole week since our last recording. <laughs> <laughs> true that. 
Just um, kidding. We didn't. But. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll go first if you guys go for it. Um, so the used dropped a new album and I like, need I to check be, that out. Yeah, I got to be honest. Like, I kind of stopped following the used after In Love and Death. Like, I, I really loved that album and their first album and like to me i don't know i kind of felt like they might have lost their stride i know ryan feels uh differently but um for whatever reason i decided to check out the new album and it had some really great moments and i think what really wanted me to check it out is that there was some features on there like there was a song that featured mark hoppus a song that uh featured caleb shomo and another feature from the singer of Let Live. I can't remember his name. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the songs, uh, you know, like they were kind of underwhelming. Like they kind of felt too like radio rockish. But like there was a couple of like hidden gems as, as far as like moments in some of the songs. But there was one song that was really great um, that that stuck out to me. Um uh, and now, like, the name loses me. I think it's called, like, Obvious Cliche or something like that. And actually features uh, Travis Barker on drums. Um, and like I mentioned before, uh, I've been listening to, like, Little Lotus's old stuff. He's kind of like a SoundCloud rapper um, from Texas. But he's, like, such a great vocalist. Like, if you listen to him, like, he sounds like he, like, and he actually has been in, like, like, you know, kind of post-hardcore emo bands, but, like, I haven't been able to find any that still have music on YouTube, but you should uh, check it, check him out. He has a a song that fe- that uh, samples 187 from Census Fail that's pretty cool. He used to work at Paxson. I think I bought jeans from him once. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, was, that was your whole story? That was it, yeah, but... I mean, we used to, I mean, we used to like chill at the mall and stuff. I, I hung out with them probably like two or three times, but yeah, I, I think it was funny buying jeans from him. And now he's like, probably he's like the next big thing. Like, it's funny is cause like he, he's like really pushing the envelope of music right now and he's going to blow up. He really, he should he really blow is up. like, yeah. I think he's kind of, uh, Picking up the torch that that like little peep dropped off after he died. Exactly. And of like the, the like more the closer to like our emo. Um, yeah. With sound like, Little peep was cool, but I think he definitely needed some to be refined some. So. Yeah, I mean, I like. It's good. I, it's. I actually really liked uh, little peep's first stuff, like his last, his last uh, songs with uh, Schema Posse, and then his first stuff with a. Uh, when he joined the goth boy click but like everything that's been released like after he died like i feel like there was a reason why that music didn't get released and now uh, mm-hmm. like i don't know if people are releasing it just to kind of make a profit out of you know somebody dying but like it it just doesn't come near to like the stuff he was putting out when he was still alive um hear that. yeah other uh, than that, um, there's this band called Static Dress, and they're really fresh. They're from Australia, and when I say fresh, there's a, like, brand spanking new. I think they only have, like, four songs on Spotify right now, and um, I think they're, the first song that they released really captured my, my attention. Um, it kind of gave me, like, a old, like, 
early 2000s post hardcore vibe like like maybe stuff like like Finch and Hope's Fall or Blindside. Oh dude, Finch is great. Yeah, um they're like they're definitely worth a listen to and then um I've been listening to Silar's uh second album. They're this band from New York and I actually wanted to mention them because I know you guys are huge uh Limp Biscuit fans. <laughs> and I feel I feel like like they kind of have a similar vibe where it's like 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 a, almost like a updated version of that kind of rap metal sound. Um I mean there there really isn't rapping but like the cadence of of the main vocalist who he like kind of screams or talks aggressively like Fred Durst <laughs> does. But um they that blend that with like some beautiful like like horses like their guitar player um is a really great singer and he actually released a song that's like a reggaeton song like it's just him over it and it was actually produced by the vocalist of the band um yeah so so definitely check out silar uh how do you spell that that sounds s-y-l-a-r mm-hmm. and a full disclosure like wait silar yeah have you ever watched the show heroes yes yes I don't think it's a reference to to that guy because they pronounce it Silar. Hmm. Well, uh, and you mentioned that like little peep, little peep and stuff like that. Um, see, that that's not us That's usually that's not really my speed personally. But I, I I've had like a girlfriend that you know was into that kind of that kind of scene and all that. Like, eh, shoot, what's what's some kind of songs that could I you know it might steer me that towards that way. Well, um, you know, and I'll add them to the playlist, but off the top of my head, I think White Tea is, like, a very great song. It was probably um, his first song that he released when he joined this group called uh, uh, Goth Boy Click, and it actually samples uh, Such Great Heights by Postal Service. Have you heard that song? <laughs> I have not. I, oh, I you should definitely you listen it, to that one. You would know it from, like, a commercial or something. It's a huge, like, indie yeah. rock song. Um, but that that's a good listen. Um, all right, all right. Be, there, he has a song called Beamer Boy that's really good. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot, a lot of good stuff on there. Like he he collaborates a lot with uh, this artist called Wickaface, who used to be one of the singers of Tiger's Jaw, who was like one of my favorite bands. Uh, so like. Like, there's actually a, a really interesting mesh going on within, like, the newer emo scene uh, with the SoundCloud scene where, like, like art, like, actual people that were in bands are making a transition over into that music. That's great. Um, can I anything else, Moses? Oh, um, no, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Who wants to go next? Um, honestly, or David, yeah, go for it, David. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's a mind shorter. Uh, for the past number of days, I've just been listening to Afterburner, man. Uh, just trying to get my takes, I mean, let it sink in. Same. Uh, Afterburner, never heard of that band. Wow. <laughs> like, like, like Afterburner, a... the uh, the the album from ZZ Top and then from the nineties. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well. 
Uh, that landed. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about that? Put it on the playlist. No. <laughs> All of Afterburner on the playlist. That's, 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 that's the, the whole ZZ Top albums. Oh, God, again? You gotta listen to it again? <laughs> We're gonna re- re-reviewing uh, Afterburner by ZZ Top next week, just so <laughs> y'all know. <laughs> All right. Technically Swancore. They invented it. Yeah. Wait, are y'all serious? Do you, do you want to know why Andrew <laughs> Wells has a beard? It's because of ZZ Top. Matt Mingus too, bro. Matt Mingus uh, too. I missed the Mingus stash of happiness eight days, honestly. To be honest. Like, the beard's cool, but I don't know. I, I'm the thing is, I, just, I didn't say Matt Mingus because I don't think about him with the beard. I think about him when he did, when he was, like, emo-looking. Uh, oh, DBM Back in the DBM days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how that's how I see him in my head. Fashion mullets and rat tails. Just just like uh, oh, I imagine Jesus, baby Jesus, or whatever. <laughs> Ricky Bobby reference. All right. Uh, so you didn't listen to anything else, David? Eh, not really. Just after. Do you have any good afterburner takes? <laughs> Wait, what? Do you have any good afterburner takes? Yeah, because um, we didn't spend two hours. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is this is this album's a banger. It's it's more than just a return to form or anything like that. This there's a lot of this this it's great. Um oh I do wanna say that Acceptance Speech was probably one of my more favored Tillian albums, but this Tillian is honestly better than ever on here. I love him here. Like Damn, uh, I'll check it out. <laughs> But no, this is good shit. I love Afterburner. Check it out if y'all haven't. Um, but yeah, that's my take. All right. Ryan? I've been listening to lots of uh, the sounds and the bravery. Just like their whole discographies, I'll just put them on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Um, other than that, I've uh, I've been digging uh, Stolas. I've been listening to Bellwether a lot. That shit's dope. I love that song. Um, other than that, my homeboys in Of The Fallen just released a song. It's really cool. You guys should check that out. Aeons of Doubt. I believe that's what it's called. Um, but other than that, no, like, Afterburner's been on repeat a lot, too. I've, I've, I've spent a lot of hours on that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, no, just the sounds, the bravery of The Fallen. Sorry. Just here and there just to spice it up, you know what I mean? You done? Yeah, I, I got nothing else. All right. Sounds good. All right. So, um, obviously, Afterburner, like, 20 times probably now. Um, I also <laughs> listen to a lot of, like, the other Dance Gavin Dance stuff just to compare, like, some of my favorites. But besides that stuff, um, one of the bands I left off our last episode that I've listened to lately is this band called The Slits, which was an all-girl, like, um, new wave punk band from like late seventies, early eighties. Um, they do a really cool cover, heard it through the grapevine, but also do a lot of other cool stuff. Um, no doubt, I've had them stuck in my head a lot lately. Um, dude, no doubt had some amazing uh, deep cuts. Dude, I love No oh. Doubt. No Doubt's great. You know what's it. fucked up? I don't know if my girlfriend listens to this. Actually, I, I don't think she does. I don't. Um, but she has no idea who No Doubt is, but, I mean, she knows who Gwen Stefani is, and I just, Jeez. every time I remember that, I, I just, like, go on a rampage. I'm not, like, like, a literal David rampage. not knowing but... who Jimmy World is. Yeah. It, that's, 
pretty much the same thing, actually. <laughs> like, even if you, um, like, because they have hits and shit. Like, you should know it based off of that. Um, after I've also been listening to a lot of Mozart lately. Really? Yeah. Cultured fellow over here. Um, I mean, I used to play violin, so I do listen to classical music from time to time. But yeah, um, Mozart's cool. I I not really wasn't really a huge fan of Mozart because man, Mozart had no breakdowns. <laughs> Boring. That wasn't until Beethoven, but uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't really like the Baroque sound too much. But I guess I've been coming around to Mozart some lately, and. I've been listening to Bill. I gave Bill Murray a more thorough listen, so I could talk about him on the for this episode. And then last night, I saw a really funny tweet about the Misfits, so I had to listen to them all night. And that's about it. Definitely good shit. So, well, I guess that's the episode, guys. That wraps it up here for us today. Odin podcast. Good shit, y'all. All right. My name is Cash Spicer. You can reach me at Cash Spicer on Twitter. Um, hit us up. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look up Demo Team, Demo Team Podcast, and should be there. Got some really great memes coming out. Um, let's go to David. Oh shoot! Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, David Pottinger. Same with Instagram, uh, Pottinger David. Uh, yeah, I have. I do have a Snapchat. Uh, that D D A T B L. You said it was deleted. Well, I undeleted it. You know, I know people. Send them back, back man. Send them Can back you D. undelete a Snapchat? I mean, if if you know the right people like me, you know. Do you know Snapchat people who own Snapchat? <laughs> I mean, yeah. My my dad's and my dad is still like the owner of Snapchat. You know. And Xbox, too, you know. I guess I know people. He's going to ban you, bro. You better be nice to him. Bill Gates. <laughs> Your dad's Bill Gates. <laughs> no, he's, he's my grandpa. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your granddad. Exactly. I guess I know people, guys. All right. Almost as cultured as Tillian, but... But, <laughs> but yeah. You read some uh, Fountainhead? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my Snapchat... <laughs> That black guy, ninety nine. That's me. But uh, shoot, what what up with you, my, Ryan? Um, I've you know you can find me on Instagram, Ryan slash slash. You can add my band on Instagram. Uh, Stay still official. We're on Facebook. Stay still music. Um, Stay still is late. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we had Stay still. Two slashes in the middle between Stay and Still. So yeah, um, that's about it for me, Moses. How about you, buddy? Uh, well, you can find me on the gram. My handle is throughbingmo. Uh, you can also hit us up on the Demo Team Podcast Instagram. I'm usually the one replying, so shout out to the people that, that have been uh, DMing us on there. What's up? Um, I forgot to add one more thing. Uh, Tra- or, yeah, Travis Scott, like, he released a new single and while the se- with uh, Kid Cudi. And while the single was kind of underwhelming, uh, they like, they first uh like played it on like Fortnite, which is you know. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which which actually was kind of cool for like, I don't know, a concert within a game. Like they like there was just a lot of uh 
trippy visuals uh, toward toward the end. Um, with that being said, you know, like I, I play Fortnite sometimes and I'm pretty good. So add me. Uh, my username is Skyhook. Um, <laughs> uh, is that a reference? The O's with zeros and there's an X in the beginning and in at the end. So Skyhook. Is that a dance given name reference? It is. It is. Cool. My favorite song uh, off of. Uh, not really that cool because you play self-titled. Uh, no, nah, I'm not gonna get hate on you. <laughs> <laughs> a massive audience of Fortnite will destroy you, Cash. That's true, but no, I mean Fortnite is pretty cringe. But Fortnite's fun until a five-year-old kills you. <laughs> it happens ever... way more than like too often, man. But they're, they're all cheating. that happens. They're cheating. I know Lags it. I know it. But I guess that's it for us here today yep. at the Demo Team Podcast. Anything else anybody socials. got to say? Um, thank y'all. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, we, we've had a really you. awesome first week. Like, we really appreciate, appreciate all y'all. Y'all are our OGs so far, so. Thank you. Keep listening to us. Hope you enjoyed. And uh, ask us question, questions on our socials. Now that we've uh, taken care of this behemoth, we will probably, you know, or behemoth, not behemoth, but we'll, <laughs> we'll answer y'all now. We'll, we'll take some questions every now and then, all right? Um, love y'all. I'm going to go eat dinner. Y'all have a good night. Peace, Peace out.